0: Today we will continue our theme of series of teachings entitled Defining the Upward Call of God and the Challenges We Face in Fulfilling That Call. This is the second part of the series of these messages and this particular message I have entitled it The Dangers of Being Distracted from Our Purpose. So we're going to discuss the pitfalls or the dangers of being distracted from our original purpose and the call of God, which he has placed upon our lives. If you have not listened to my first message, I, I encourage you to do so so that we can all be on the same page as we continue this series of teachings. I want to give you a little background or a a recap of what we talked about last Sunday. That in my first lesson, we looked at the life of Paul, the apostle. We looked at his commitment and dedication to the call of God upon his life. As well as his determination to fulfill that call and obtain the prize as he testified. We also covered the importance or the value of a renewed mind or obtaining a heavenly mind, which of course is the key to not only discovering your own unique purpose in life, but also fulfilling that purpose with the help of the Holy Spirit. Without a renewed mind, It is impossible for you or I to know our original purpose. It is impossible for us to know and understand the mind of God when he brought us into this earth. Here is the difference between heavenly minded people, or I should say heavenly minded believers, and earthly minded believers. Both of them are saved. There is no question about that. We're not talking about salvation in the series of teachings, but we want to emphasize the importance of bearing much fruit as disciples of Christ. So both believers, heavenly minded believers, earthly minded believers are saved. When they die, they're going to go to heaven. But only one of them will bear much fruit to the glory of God. Heavenly-minded believers value and esteem what God values. And they live the life on earth always having eternity in mind. They see things very differently from earthly-minded people. Whereas earthly-minded believers, though they saved and even sometimes filled with the Spirit, They pursue and they value what the world values. And they also live their life as though this present world was their eternal home. In other words, they have no uh, perspective where eternity is concerned. They weigh everything concerning uh, the things or the, uh, the temporal world that we live in. Now, last week, we looked at a scripture from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, in which David, inspired by the Spirit, said, and I'm going to read these verses, two verses, and I believe they bear repetition. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 14 and 15, from the New Living Translation, King David is overwhelmed by the generosity of God's people that they have come forward willingly offering their substance for the building of the temple. And David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said the following words in his prayer, But who am I, Lord, and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow gone so soon without a trace. You see, David was very mindful that our life here on earth It's just a passing shadow. And so Paul lived with this thought in mind. I must finish my course. I must keep the faith and pursue in order to finish the call of God upon my life. He was so, if I could say, captivated by the heavenly vision he received when he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. And that encounter with the Lord inspired him, motivated him, captivated him to run his race and to finish his course. In other words, he kept his eyes on the goal. He kept his eyes on Jesus and he kept his eyes on the word of God and And the goal which the Lord had given him to finish. Or rather the good works which God prepared beforehand that he should walk in them. So Paul lived his life here on earth by pressing, he said, toward the goal. And obtaining the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He gave us, I believe, a pattern. And that's what he said to the Philippians. Or he gave us a godly example of how we should live our life here on earth, exhorting us to follow his example. Writing to the church in Philippi, he said the following. Philippians 3 verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. You see here, Paul wanted every believer that he wrote to. He wrote to the brethren. He didn't just write to apostles or prophets. He wrote to believers like you and I. And he exhorted them by saying, follow my example and pursue the call of God on your life so that you may obtain the heavenly prize. I believe somewhere down the road, along the ages of time, modern Christianity has lost the essence of what it means to be a genuine disciple of Christ and his cause. In other words, to live completely for the service of the kingdom to seek first and foremost the interests of the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We got lost somewhere. We got distracted in the pursuit of other things. There are so many things that are coming at us vying for our attention tempting us And in the multitude, I believe, of our activities, we have lost our sense of purpose and our divine direction. I heard a true prophet of the Lord recently say in one of his recorded messages that the tragedy of our time, he said, is that we have a sick church in a dying world. And I watched him as he said those words, He couldn't control himself from the tears that were running down his face. And so my prayer to the Lord for this year, as we launch into 2021, we may not know what awaits us down the road, but this is my fervent prayer for me, for my family and my spiritual household, that the Lord would grant us mercy As we enter the new year so that we can return to the Lord with our whole heart and devote ourselves afresh to prayer and to the diligent study of his word so that we may find the true path of true restoration and return to our first love. And I trust and hope and pray that you will agree with my prayer I believe that we are in such a desperate need of a spiritual awakening of divine encounters if I could call it that with the God Godhead similar to the one Paul had that will completely transform our way of thinking and our way of living That we would live 100% for the glory of God. That every day we would pursue to know and understand the will of God for our lives, even in the minutest details. That we would have a revelation of those good works, which the Lord Jesus prepared for each and every one of us in our spheres of influence, so that we should walk in them. And as Jesus said, so that our light may shine that the sinner, the unbelieving will, may see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. That is my prayer, that is my desire, and I pray that for you. Now, this morning, or this this afternoon rather, we will dive into the dangers that we face in being distracted from our original purpose, the purpose that God has given us when he gave birth to us, when he regenerated us with his spirit and gave us a unique purpose. Every human being on the face of the earth, whether saved or unsaved, was born with a unique original purpose. God intended for that human being to fulfill certain things in his lifetime. And believe me, the only fulfillment we will find in life, nowhere else there is any fulfillment. There is no worldly pleasure that can substitute the joy and the peace and the fulfillment of our soul who knows the will of God, and walks in the center of that will. There is joy, there is peace, there is love, there is a contentment that comes into the heart of that individual knowing that his life has been given over to the service of God. So, if the devil, listen carefully, If the devil cannot prevent you and me from getting saved, getting born again, he will most certainly try everything in his power to stop you from becoming fruitful as a disciple of the Lord. His most successful way of doing this is by preventing the word of God, which you and I have received from growing within us and becoming fruitful in the kingdom of God. And in his teaching, Jesus said in Mark's gospel, he spoke about things the devil uses to either block our path towards fulfilling our purpose or choke the word of God within us and render our faith unfruitful. Listen carefully to what Jesus said in Mark's Gospel chapter 4. We're going to read verse 16 through to verse 20. Mark's Gospel chapter 4 verse 16 through to 20. Jesus is teaching on the parable of the sower. He said the sower went out and sowed his seed. And he goes on to say in verse 16, These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Now, as you can see, out of the four types of people who received the word of God, only one went ahead and bore fruit. The other three failed to produce any kind of fruit. In other words, Only 25% of the people who heard the word went on with the Lord and became fruitful in the kingdom of God. 75% failed to produce any kind of fruit. Now, that doesn't mean they're not saved. They are saved, but their lives have not borne any fruit that is worthy of praise and glory to God. What happened? Well, we're going to see here how the enemy uh, employs these tactics to distract us, to sidetrack us, or to stop us from becoming fruitful. The devil managed to either snatch the word of God out of their heart, or he managed to choke the word they received and they became unfruitful. In the above verses of scripture, Jesus mentions five things the devil uses in order to either uproot the word from our heart or choke it and thus render it ineffective. Here they are. You want to write them down? Tribulation and persecution. The cares and the worries of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things outside of the will of God. I'm going to repeat them once again. If you're taking notes or if you want my notes, all you need to do is just text me and I will email them to you. Tribulation and persecution. The cares and the worries of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. These are the only weapons he has in his disposal to block our path to fruitfulness and distract us from our God-given purpose. Are you still out there? Amen? Now, A spiritual son recently uh, said to me, Pastor, sharing some of your own experiences and the challenges you have faced both in your personal life as well as in your ministry makes it more real for us and, and it helps those you teach to identify with you as well as with the message you bring. Well, I I took it to heart and I prayed about it. And that's why I'm going to be sharing in the series of lessons, some of my own challenges, the battles that I fought in endeavoring to keep my focus on the Lord, not to be sidetracked, not to veer off on the left or on the right, but to keep my focus on God and on the heavenly call which he placed upon my life. And I trust that my testimony in this regard will somehow encourage you, will help you, will inspire you, and you will draw strength and courage to overcome your own battles in the Lord and enable you to bring forth much fruit to the glory of God. Some people think that we pastors live in a hole somewhere or in a glass cage. We face more challenges than you face. And remember, I was not always a preacher or a teacher of the word. I was in business for many years. I can identify with all of you what you face as you go out into the world. And daily you have to face the stress, the cares, the worries, the temptations that we face every single day. Now. In my own case, you know, the battles that I fought are not necessarily the same battles that you will fight. It all depends on the call that God places upon your life. But in my own uh, life, in, in, in the beginning of my walk with God, the first major onslaught, the devil against my faith, that he brought and all hell broke loose was, as Jesus said, tribulation and persecution. I have experienced severe, severe affliction and persecution. I recall in the early stages, even in, in the first few weeks of my rebirth, all hell broke loose around me when I accepted Christ and openly confessed him as my Lord and Savior. You know, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. The, 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 the transformation that took place in my heart and in my life, there was no way I was going to keep quiet. Everywhere and everyone I met, I would testify to what God had done for me, how he saved my soul, how he saved my marriage. He brought me back to my wife and he put the broken pieces of my soul together. I couldn't keep quiet and I wasn't going to keep quiet. And the devil was mad. He didn't like that at all. Now, the first round of persecution came from my own immediate family. My parents, my brother, and my in-laws. Because, you see, they did not understand what happened to me. They were afraid. They became fearful and frightened. You remember that incident when Jesus delivered the demoniac who had many demons within him and he was living in the tombs and um, Jesus cast out the legion out of him and he came back to his hometown and he was sane and dressed and and, and he was totally transformed. The word of God says his own villages were so terrified and afraid of what happened that they asked Jesus to depart from their region. You remember that incident? Well, my own relatives did not understand this, this change that came over me overnight. And they were so afraid, they thought I went too far and went over the deep end. And believe me, it was a very painful experience having to endure such hostility and rejection from my own family. I, you know, I experienced just a little of what our Lord Jesus experienced from his own family. Did you know that the scripture says that none of his brethren believed on him? In fact, they mocked him. They ridiculed him. They thought he was crazy. Even his own mother did not understand it. And Mark, Mark's gospel records the incident in Mark chapter 3, verse 21. It says when his family heard what was happening, They tried to take him away because they said he's out of his mind. Can you believe that? So the devil was after the word of God I received and he was after my faith. And he went all out to plug it out of my heart and steal my faith while it was young. You know, Jesus said, remember, we just read it. The first thing that takes place when you receive the word of the Lord is affliction and persecution. And Jesus also said that the man's enemies will be those of his own household. Recall that Jesus said that somewhere in the Gospels. Twice I was asked to leave my in-laws house during one of our during our, our visits there because we visited regularly. They wanted to see the children. But twice I was asked to leave. In other words, I was kicked out of the house because of my boldness to go all the way with the Lord. They couldn't stand it. They couldn't understand it. And to make matters worse, my dad wrote me a letter all the way from Cyprus, giving me an ultimatum. He said, renounce this new religion you found or I'm no longer your father. Believe me, it was not easy. But I knew what happened to my soul, and I was not going to let go for anyone. I would rather lose my parents than lose my faith. I was determined that I surrendered my life to Jesus, and I would follow him come hell or high water. And it is the same quality decision that each one of you needs to make if you desire to pursue the will of God and become fruitful in the kingdom of God. And don't think for one moment that the devil will not oppose you. Don't think that he will not threaten you, manipulate you. Try everything in his power to sidetrack you and to stop the growth of the word of God within your heart so that you can become unfruitful. You see, the enemy was mad at my conversion and he's mad at your conversion. He tried to scare me. He tried to manipulate me. He tried to threaten me with all kinds of threats. Now listen carefully. My only consolation and encouragement was the Lord. I had no one to turn to. The only one time I went to my pastor in the middle of the night was when I was kicked out of my father-in-law's house. And I was in tears and I didn't know where to go, what to do. I was only a few weeks old in the Lord. I knocked on his door. He welcomed me into the sanctuary. We prayed together and encouraged me. That was the one only time I went. The rest of the times I had no one to talk to. And I went straight to the Lord. The book of Psalms became very precious to me. I found so much encouragement in the book of Psalms and in the book of Isaiah. And I held on to those words for dear life. I held on to my faith with everything I had by the skin of my teeth. And throughout my persecution, this is what I learned to do. And I thank God for that because that helped me to establish A close and an intimate relationship and a walk with the Holy Spirit, which was so encouraging and helpful to me. Believe me, folks, no one can encourage you like the Lord can. No one can comfort you like the Lord can. No one can understand you like the Lord can. And I want to encourage you in all your your struggles, your challenges that you face, learn to go directly to the Lord learn to establish that line of communication and establish a strong prayer life because that will be your salvation. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, during that time when persecution was at its highest, I recall a conversation, a tearful conversation I had with the Lord when I questioned him, I said, Lord, what is going on? Here I was, a sinner, doing all sorts of ugly and nasty things to those around me. No one prosecuted me. No one said anything evil about me. Now here, you've changed my life, and all of a sudden, all this prosecution and all these people are saying and doing all sorts of horrible things. What is going on? And that day, I recall very clear the Lord spoke to me and he said take your eyes off of the people because the one who's behind all this is the devil and he's after your faith learn to forgive people for I not know what they are doing that's when also I found the grace to forgive and not to hold a grudge, not to hold anything against them. And that's a very important lesson for a Christian to learn. We need to learn the principle of forgiveness. That no matter how unjustified you, you, no matter how, how can I put it, you feel that you have been done with, that people have done and said all sorts of things against you that are not true, you need to learn The principle of forgiveness and forgive even as Christ has forgiven us. Now, the Lord also showed me and he spoke very clearly to me and he said, Son, if the devil can succeed through this persecution to root out your faith, being so young in the Lord, then he has got you. Therefore, stand strong and be not afraid. And then he also showed me that the tree's most vulnerable and weakest season. It's the time when it is first planted. See, the tree, when it's first planted, it has to be covered. It has to be protected from the wind, from the elements, the natural elements not to be uprooted. And the Lord said, if he cannot succeed in uprooting your faith now, he will never succeed when you get stronger. And those words were very encouraging to my soul. You know, the enemy almost succeeded, not in uprooting my faith, but in keeping me quiet. He was mad at my testimony. He wanted to shut my mouth. Well, I recall an incident in which I was witnessing to someone and sharing the gospel when a member of my family appeared on the scene The things that were said to me at that particular moment caused a lot of fear and dread to rise in my heart. And for a long time, I remained silent and quiet about my faith. I was afraid to testify as a result of intimidation. And I recall during that time, the joy of the Lord left my heart and fear took its place. I reasoned, of course, in my natural mind that in order to keep the peace, I better keep silent about my faith. And that was just an excuse to make, I made up to cover my own fear. But the truth of the matter was that my faith was paralyzed through the fear of man. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the fear of man and the damage that it does to our faith if it is not confronted and cast out of our life. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare; It captivates, it, it, it captures you as a prisoner. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Thank God in the process of time. The word of God and the ministry of prayer helped me to overcome. The Spirit ministered to me in helping me to overcome as he brought light and truth through the scriptures. That's why I want to encourage you. That is why I go over this again and again and again. Listen carefully. No one can become fruitful in the kingdom of God unless he establishes a strong and a consistent prayer life. And of course, Is a diligent student of the word of God. These are the two things that have helped me to overcome the battles, the challenges, the affliction, the persecution, and the distractions that the enemy threw at me. The word of God first and second, the ministry of prayer through the help of the Holy Spirit. And I I liken them like the two wings of an eagle. You know, an eagle needs two wings to soar above the clouds and catch the wind and fly with the wind. And without the word and without prayer, you will be at the mercy of these strategic devices the enemy will throw in your path. The portion of scripture that helped me anyway to overcome this fear of men is found in Isaiah 51 verse 12 and 13. That is why I said that the book of Psalms and the book of Isaiah were the two extraordinary books that God used to encourage me in my early years of my walk with him. And this is what Isaiah says, 51, verse 12 and 13. I, even I, says the Lord, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die, and of the Son of Man, who will be made like grass. And you forget, the Lord, your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Question mark. Over and over again, I remember the Spirit of the Lord would point me to these verses. He had me read them again and again in my prayer time. I memorized them until I was able to stand up again in my spirit and continue my journey of faith and be able to testify again without fear. I was delivered from the fear of man. Looking back. I believe that persecution made me a stronger disciple and one who has developed a backbone and could stand up to adversity without caving in. And sometimes I think it may be true, maybe false, but people who have not experienced any kind of persecution or opposition in the faith are unable to really stand in hard places. They bend and bow at the slightest threat from the enemy. And of course, how would we know if our faith is genuine unless it is tested? And that's what Peter says in Peter, first Peter chapter one, verse six and seven. Peter says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through these many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And you see what the devil intends for evil. God will always turn it around into a blessing if if we remain faithful to him. The spiritual weapons I used. I go over it again throughout my journey. To overcome whatever the enemy threw at me was first. The word of God and second the ministry of prayer. Are you listening to me? We, We all need to make a quality decision. That we will pursue the Lord. Every day of our lives. Just like you have three meals a day. You take good care of your body. We also need to take care of our spirit and our faith and our soul. Amen. And spirit food is the word of God. Spirit food is communion and fellowship with the Father in the Holy Spirit. So in closing my message today. I want to encourage you. To take a closer look at your prayer life. Repent if you need to. As well as the time you dedicate to the reading. The studying and the meditating in the word. Ask the Lord to help you. To give you grace. To maintain your consistency. In the areas I have mentioned to you. And before we go today. In our prayer time. Here are some prayer guidelines for prayer as we enter the new year. Number one, make this your priority in your prayer. Pray and ask for grace to attain a closer walk with the Lord, a greater level of intimacy with him, which of course will result in a greater measure of revelation knowledge and spiritual understanding of God's ways. Number two, ask the Lord that our hearts and minds, he would help us, that both our heart and our minds would fully engage the Holy Spirit, leading us back to our first love. Number three, for the influence of Christ to increase and to multiply through us, in all our spheres of authority for his tangible presence to accompany us with signs following so before we i hand over to stephen he's going to minister to us communion let us seal this word that we've heard today with prayer trusting the lord that his word will not return unto him void but will accomplish that which you please father, thank you for your precious word and thank you for your spirit that was sent to us in order to unfold to unveil the written word and make it a living word applied to our hearts. We receive this word today, father, we receive it with all of our hearts and minds. And we ask that you would enable us to protect that word to keep our hearts free from the contamination of these evil desires of the things of this world that would enter in and choke the word. We pray that you would awaken us make us sensitive to these devices of the enemy that we may keep our hearts pure and gentle before you and sensitive so that the word of the Lord may produce 30, 60, and a hundredfold return. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.